welcome back to the Mom Mentality Show. My name is Austin Chadwick and co-host is Chris Lucian. And today we have Michael Wolf out in the woods uh, remotely uh, joining us on the show. Uh, so uh, it makes sense. We'll be talking about remote work and then uh, mob learning for team and mob learning for himself. All kinds of good stuff. Uh, before we jump into that, Michael, can you give us an introduction for yourself? Yeah, well, I started out in physics and soon developed a passion for robotics and electronics, electrical and computer engineering. My first job was at Bell Labs, where Unix was invented, and saw a lot of that kind of happening. I fell in love with tools, left Bell Labs to support a tool for software developers, and then kind of followed that up with training for on the road for 20 years, and then didn't want to travel, so I became a scrum master and stayed in Seattle, rode my bike to work. Um, nice. Kind of the, how do you control electrons and data structures to how do you control people? And you can't. So let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Controlling people. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Moving on up the stack. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Nice. Right on. Uh, well, I guess we can jump right into that uh, first topic. Um so what comes to mind for you for remote work? Well, you see, I'm remote now. Um, when COVID hit, I was working for a group in Germany. And I found out that it was cheaper to be in a resort in Myrtle Beach than it was to be in my apartment in Raleigh-Durham. So they didn't know the difference between Myrtle Beach and Durham. So we just became remote, I guess, what's that, two, three years ago? And haven't really had a full address since. Um, it was kind of interesting that a job that I had. Um, well, I can say so. I'm actually accidentally in the middle of a national forest here, and we accidentally have wonderful weather and wonderful Wi-Fi. So that's weird. Otherwise, I'd go find a city. But um, good segue into that first job. That job that I had there is um, as you and I were talking, however many months ago, I kind of mentioned the term uh, mob learning. And one of the things that happened there was really a passionate thing for me. I thought that I would show up at this new job and tell them how to and push on them some mob programming. And what happened was really completely different. Um, this team had started in the office. Two weeks later, they were told to go home. And about two weeks later, I joined as the fourth person in the US on this team. And so we were all remote. I thought, I wanted to try out mob programming on these guys, you know, let's do it to them. But what I found was that just by being curious on that very first day, I said, oh, wow, that's an interesting product. That's an interesting set of things. Could you show me the code? And they just started showing me the code. And then somebody else would show me the code. And then somebody else would say, but I've only been here three weeks. I don't know what's up with this. And it, it was kind of like a soccer team passing a ball. Then the next guy would say, oh, but I know that. And what I realized is that we were all learning this 10-year-old code base. Uh, you know, we'd all been there less than two months. We were all learning this code base as a mob programming thing, but we weren't programming. So it was a, a really great experience for me. I think it was a really great thing for the team because, you know, at that point, everybody's new to COVID, everybody's new to remote work. But one of the things that worked was that everybody was remote. You know, I, in the past, I've hated remote stuff because there's not that. But, you know, we learned more in two weeks in COVID than we did in the previous 20 years on how to telecommute. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so so I, I think that is like a bit an important thing is that 
a lot of times it was, oh, let's support this one person to be remote uh, and the rest right. of the team is co-located and the dichotomy that forms there. But uh, it it does, it, it certainly feels uh, much more level and, and yeah. you know, kind of uh, equalized in that way. And that helps with collaboration, I think, too, because now you're not separated by physical distances and you're more likely to talk to somebody uh through some form of zoom or or teams or whatever um right. so, yeah it's cool stuff. right and i, I knew that was going to happen because we were the, the the mothership was in germany so i i teased that i was starting up an offshore team in north carolina yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but i knew that it would be remote to germany but what was interesting is that it wasn't an us and them thing of us around our table and them around their table everybody there was equal to everybody here yeah Know, five hours difference so we changed meals but it was a, a nice level playing field so what did um what was it that uh brought you to because i i think you mentioned something really interesting there because a lot of people went remote during the t- pandemic but uh you went remote and nomadic right so can you describe right. what, what uh maybe a little bit more about that or, you know the math worked out it sounds like but is there was there anything else that that really drove that well, I, as I said, during my training phase before I became a scrum master, I was used to showing up on Monday. Hi, I'm Michael. I have a passion. Let me share it with you. Work together and create a team to, to learn together. And Friday, you know, bye. I hope you enjoy it. I'll never see you again. Um, so I was used to the setting up and the transitions um, as a nomadic lifestyle. Um Physical stuff is is important. Uh, one of the things we learned early on is that we were at this uh, place at Myrtle Beach. It was an off-season rate at a beach place. That we went to an off-season place at a ski resort, and that's like, man, darn, finding the finding the next place to live is hard. Transitions are hard. You know, context switch is hard. So we got an RV and we live in the RV. So it's nice to have that as a context. You know, it's little things like where's my toothbrush. Those are the kinds of things that wear you down. And as a road warrior, I had gotten used to that. My toothbrush is here. My mouse is here. My computer is here. Here's the sequence of Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's nice to have that base of solidness as you're exploring the unknown. Because too much unknown, it's crazy. But I have my briefcase and my computer, and that's all I really need. Go ahead. Oh no, you know, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, it's not the, um, this is the third time I've talked with someone who has kind of done uh nomadic mobbing, so to speak, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. and it's almost like they were doing both. It was like nomadic remote mobbing with different teams and then nomadic location changes themselves. And uh, it's wildly different for me because since COVID uh, I'm sitting in the same seat I've been since COVID for all my remote work <laughs> and has not changed once and it's always been fascinating to me uh to to uh to keep working remotely but try try out different locations and so uh yeah the totally. the idea of like oh let's go get an airbnb somewhere and keep working or something <laughs> like that you know <laughs> well i chose to show this uh behind me it's a great wa- rock wall here in the national yeah. forest of western north carolina but chris i'm not sure if you've seen a real background because i i think i counted three or four different times that i talked to you that i had the same background and that background started out in North Carolina, became New Jersey, became New York, became Michigan, 
And I don't tell most people where I am mm. because they see the same backdrop and they don't know where I am. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm on Zoom. I live in the internet. How are you doing? <laughs> that, that's all they need to know. I don't confuse them with all this extra stuff. Um, it's fun, but sometimes it gets distracting. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Cool. So uh, you were talking about this, you know, your, uh, your team that was mob learning and uh, uh, mob learning together. What uh, you mentioned some wins, were there any other wins or benefits um, that you encountered during yeah. this, uh, this, this time? As I was going through it last night and this morning to refresh my brain, I was remembering a couple that, um, and let me talk about a late career guy and an early career guy on the team. There was a late career guy that as we were going through the code, he was understandably, because I've been there, um, a bit overwhelmed by the youngins, <laughs> all the stuff, the technical stuff that the youngins knew. But we had created a safe space and he was able to step back into code that he hadn't done for 10 years, 20 years, some of it. Um, yeah, the flip side of that is there was a, a guy early career, literally it was his first job. He'd been there three weeks when I showed up. Um, he was able to watch the silverbacks, you know, the, um, not the silver cars, but the, you know, the, the gray hairs, uh, the, the older folks and, and learn that. Um, but it was, as I was thinking about everybody in the group, everybody got something in a group setting that they wouldn't have gotten alone. And I really saw that the first week is as I showed up my first day. And so, oh, so what's your pace? What's your rhythm? And they said, uh, well, we get together at nine, then we break, and then we get together at two. And by this time, it was already three o'clock on my first day. We were still in the, oh, I'm curious, show me your code. And we had taken a break. So <laughs> um, we, we changed the rhythm there. And what after two or three days, one of the guys says, you know, we're doing better working alone than when we break, because this is brand new to all of us. At nine o'clock, we break, we go our separate ways. And at 920, we're all three blocked and we wait till two o'clock. But with four of us, we never got blocked. You know, if somebody got caught in the stupid gas, at least, you know, because that's what happens when you're too close to something. Um, <laughs> these screens emit stupid gas. And if you're too close to it, uh, you go into dumb land. But like somebody is not in the stupid gas and they can ask an interesting question and we have another perspective. And so for the first couple of weeks, we were just learning like bandits versus everybody got stuck individually. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was about the technical piece. I learned about the team piece is that, you know, remote working, we learned how to bond and who was playing soccer and who was playing pool and who had a girlfriend and what's your daughter doing in college kind of stuff. It turned out that that kind of stuff just happened, you know, the water cooler kind of stuff. As we'd submit a build and it would take forever, it was like, oh, so how's your daughter doing in college? You know, and that kind of stuff happened. And it kind of leads me back to something I've been hearing a lot lately of meetings are terrible. And uh, something I've heard a lot with meetings are terrible is, well, start with agenda. No, that doesn't work. That's old fashioned. Um, but the things that I've heard lately that have helped me are at least decide up front of uh, this four reasons to get together. Otherwise, don't waste everybody's time with the meeting because there's a million of those. But like, we get together to bond. Of course, you can't do that alone. We get together to do stuff, which is mob programming. That kind of makes sense. We get together to decide. 
and that's kind of the brainstorming or the big meetings that happen a lot. But we get together to learn. So unless you're doing one of those four things, you know, learning, deciding, doing, or mobbing, don't get together. It's a waste of time. So I I kind of realized that that we're comfortable with getting together and doing three of those together, but learning not so much. And that was my big aha on this is that because we were all brand new, we were all learning together. That's not so clear when some people have been there 10 years and you get a new person and, oh, let's bring this new person up. But we were all onboarding together and it was all fresh and new. And so it was clear that it was learning. The company had set aside some time for learning. You know, they basically paid us to, we don't expect anything for six months. Go learn. You're a new team. Uh, so the fact that there was time set aside for learning was huge. It wasn't just, oh, carve some time out, but you still have to decide and do. So that, that focus really helped. Um, nice, nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, the um, uh, the stupid gas. That's funny. I feel like I, I was <laughs> inhaling that uh, yesterday. Um, like, uh, you know, some of us were in a meeting and I was chipping away at something uh, solo and then someone came back in and uh, they didn't know I was inhaling it, but I was. And then they made a suggestion and then there was like big breakthrough. And then uh, <laughs> someone's idea from two days ago, we implemented a different testing strategy. And then like something that I was stuck on for quite a while was relieved quite quickly. And so, yes, I can attest that the screens do do that to you. <laughs> I learned that when I was training, you know, I'd show up and do a training class and be in front of a whiteboard. And I used to say whiteboards emit stupid gas. So like if I get stuck, I'll, ask the class. It's something I, I learned just to do. Like, I'm not the sage on the stage. I'm the guide on the side. Like, somebody in these seats probably knows it. And it 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 works. So when mobbing came around, it wasn't kind of a new thing to me, but it was like like a lot of things. They happen before they have a name, and then they have a name. It's like, oh, yeah, we've been doing Scrum for 20 years. Or, oh, yeah, right. we've been doing mobbing for a while. Or, oh, yeah. we've um, Nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. But so you talked to that talk point, you know, so so Scrum mm -hmm. is 20 years old, mobbing is 10 years old. Um, I actually heard somebody, uh, a young and uh, somebody, it was their first six months of college, out of college. And she said something to the effect of, unlike other legacy ways of coding, like Waterfall and Scrum. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was almost as old as the Agile Manifesto. And here she was, yeah. a fully grown person. <laughs> Uh, had her first job. So some of this stuff is old and even mobbing is getting old. Uh, one of the things I noticed with just being receptive here is that I kind of created a new role. I called it kind of the archivist or the, what do I call it? The um, court reporter. Court reporter. Yeah, interesting. Representative um, in another group. But as these developers, because I didn't think I was a developer at the time, would be having these discussions about what if, what if, what if, I wonder, I wonder, you know, question, 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 decision, decision. It was just too much stuff popping for everybody for their new job. I just sat back and I started taking notes about what the questions were and which one are you going to answer? I remember being in a session with Woody once and he was quiet for a long time. And then as two points were coming up, we were kind of debating and fighting, you know, the headbutting thing about which one we do first. He says, well, yeah, with this slow Woody. Like, we've decided that when there's two ideas, we do them both. 
Yeah. What he didn't say is we don't talk about it. We just pick one and do it. <laughs> and yep. probably it's going to be good enough. But yep. the person whose idea was second, we've told them we're going to get back to that. And if it turns out we need to do the second one and have the bake off, we do it. But um, what I realized is that there were three and four things coming up. So I would capture the ideas on a Miro board and then actually have a whip arrow that said, you know, this is what we're working on. And I'd move that whip arrow as we dug down, 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 down. And then when we got to the bottom, say, okay, that's done. Where the hell did we start? Uh, pop, pop, <laughs> pop, pop. And I'd say, you know, this is the rat hole we started going down. And they, they could be in the moment of creating and I could be capturing what was happening in a way. So uh, I'm sure you've talked with other people about um, Willem Larson's mob, um, mobbing game that has, and you know, once you get the couple, then you add some more and you add some more. Um, I just, I was trying to, to play one of his roles from an extended pack kind of thing, but I ended up creating my own or our, you know, our own. The group needed this. I saw a need. I stepped in. It helped. It wasn't in his deck. Um, so it's not 10 year old mobbing or 20 year old scrum. It's this team's two months old. Look at what we're doing. Nice. Rolling our own. And uh and in many cases people go on to the Git repo and add the roles they discover. So right. I yeah. encourage that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah. And um yeah, so that that's that's super awesome stuff. I always love learning about new roles. Um with this mob learning group you're doing, um uh, were there any things that you you know were cons or things you guys could improve in the future from this kind of uh, mob style learning? Yeah, you, you all been doing. Yeah, my honey doesn't like it that I say good, better, best. Never let it rest. Your good is better, and your bad is best. Because <laughs> because oh, you're never good enough that way, right? <laughs> if you're always improving. But yeah, I saw some things. Um, one of the things that I found out about later was uh, reading by refactoring. What's Arlo call that? Mm -hmm. or, um, what I realized is that we weren't touching the code. We were just reading the code. And I realized that if we went in and we found a clause and, you know, there's some if condition, if we extracted that into a method, by working with it, you know, being in there and getting our hands dirty, we would have learned some more. But we were trying to stay separate from it and keep a sterile environment. But that didn't really serve us. We needed to interact with it and tumble with it to figure that out. So I, I do more of that. Um, yeah, I can't think of, of anything else other than just, to, I guess the, the theme that as I was re reflecting back on this was our big wins came when I didn't do what Woody or the Agile Manifestus told us to do. I mean, he doesn't tell us. When we used that as a guide and launched it to do something else, and we were receptive to that moment where there's a different role or there's that moment for something new um yeah i think that's kind of it on on that bright, um, bright spots analysis sort of thing is that what you're referring to i don't know that term but yeah well it, it's just noticing when good things are happening and then turning up the good or amplifying yeah. you know it's like hey this is working for us let's do it more uh so analyzing the bright spots will and and increasing the good uh right. I think, Similar to positive reinforcement, it tends to oh yeah uh, 
it, it tends to be more effective than focusing on bad things, right? And so um, having bright spots retrospectives often is really good, especially if something really good is happening and you want to see more of it rather than letting it die. Teams, I think, yeah. tends to go back to the way they were doing work. Um, un unless so sometimes, you know, sometimes it requires a facilitator to come in and say, let's do a bright spots analysis right now and talk about what's going well and say, okay, well, why don't we do more of that? Um, right. You're reminding me that psychology has just started to have this positive psychology in the past 10 or 20 years. And the way somebody introduced it to me, it's like, if you got a psych degree, you take abnormal psych 101, abnormal psych 102, but there was no normal psych. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we, we, we look at the pathologies and focus on those, but just like riding a motorcycle, like if, if you focus on the middle of the road, you go there. But if you say, oh, well, that was bad, um, that's where you go. And so I'm liking this. I'm not sure if you know liberating structures and um, yeah. Keith McCandless, but he talks about it as um, positive deviance. There's a lot of deviants that are negative, but if you look at everything, there are a couple that are above the average. Look at those. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Nice, nice. Hey, I just had a thought before we transition that uh, your court reporter role, is that what you called it, court reporter? Well, I didn't call it on that team. Um, ah. well, yeah, I was kind of court reporter on that team, but it's actually kind of like a new role on uh, another team that I'm working with now. So this mob learning was kind of how mobbing helped the team um, mm. help learn. Nice. Um, what I've noticed personally, so we can go from a team to me, is sure, I actually invented another role with a, well, I get together three times a week with mobs. Um, one of them's an open source project. Uh, one of them is a, a game, and one of them is just me and a buddy learning. But during this particular thing, we were trying to not do Scrum the way we did it six months before. And I noticed maybe, well, here, here's the, the forces on that. There was one person typing, one person telling the person what to type. And I noticed that they were kind of a bottleneck for all these other smart people out there. And if we did the strong pairing and didn't let these people talk or modulated it, that, that that person was kind of being a gatekeeper, you know, theory of constraints that that whatever you call it, the driver or the speaker, I never get driver and navigator correct. So I, I say speaker and typer, nice. but, you know, whoever that speaker is, um, is the speed of the group is limited by the speed of the speaker's brain if everything needs to go through their brain and then through somebody else's fingers. So I thought, you know, what about democracy and representative democracy? You know, we elect people to represent the constituents, not just get their own way. And so I started playing when it was my turn to speak. I said, well, let me be the representative. Hey, smart people, have a discussion. And I'll just pull some ideas from it while you're talking, because in the past, the rules are you're not allowed to talk unless I say so. Mother may, I guess you may. Um, but I'd say, I'd facilitate a smart discussion and then I'd pick pieces out and say, hey, hey. And so I started calling that the court reporter or the archivist because I'd done that in the previous group. But I started realizing that that's a representative, that I was being the representative elected to weigh all the inputs and make it happen into the code. So, um, these groups that I've been in, um, I, I, I joined those because I wanted to 
up my own skills. It was so easy in the, in the previous one and a lot of places to, I'm the coach or I'm the scrum master. I'm going to hold the space for you guys to do the work. But I realized that as I was showing up at a lot of coaches meetings, coaches would complain that they're not doing it right or they don't get it or middle management doesn't get it. It was kind of a complaint at thought. But I, I kind of realized like, when was the last time you changed something as drastic as you're suggesting? And then, you know, as I pointed a finger at them, they're three pointing back at me and said, you know, I haven't done anything new in a long time. I'm an adult. We're not supposed to do new things. I wonder how it would feel to do something uncomfortable. And I did it. And the first time I, I mobbed was at Agile Open Northwest. I remember going out to dinner and coming back and sitting behind somebody. Uh, Chris, you might have been there, Llewellyn or, or Arlo. Like, there's somebody stellar in front of me. And they sat down and somebody says, okay, make a class, make a test class, make a dummy test. It'll reflect and do this. And they did it. I sat down and says, I don't know this IDE. I don't know the syntax of this language. I get what you're saying, but could you tell me the keys to type? And they said, paren, curly, L-E instead of less than or something. I felt so supported in that because I'd been a scrum master for 10 years, a trainer for 20 years. I hadn't cut code for a long time. And here I was coming to behind people who had done it at a world class for everything. I felt awkward in that moment and I was supported. So that's kind of what I brought to that uh, offshore team in North Carolina is that I'm going to be part of the mob. I'm as ignorant of this code as you are. Ignorant being from the Latin ignoramus, which literally means I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's all it means. It doesn't mean I'm stupid. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so I experienced that. So uh, for the past year or so, I've been getting together three times a week and I still experience it. I remember being in a mob with somebody who was their first time ever. They're a junior developer and saying, I, in the retro, I felt afraid because I didn't know anything. I've only been doing this for two years. And I jumped in and said, I've been doing this for a couple of decades and I felt awkward. Mm-hmm. And so just my, my um, suggestion here for other people, and I don't want to tell you what to do, but I noticed that my coaching skill got better when I was being coached or mm-hmm. I was part of the mob. And getting on the other side of like, instead of I'm the smart coach telling you to do it this way, be on this side and think, you want to do it how? And feel what it's like to have somebody suggest something new. It's, it's awkward. We need psychological safety. Nice. Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Out there. No? Oh, uh, it just, um, you know, the there, there's certainly a dichotomy between uh you know, coaching and, and being coached. And and then there's also, I do feel like coaches are, uh, are understood best when they're part of the team. Um, and that, you know, sometimes coaching isn't necessarily a role, but a skill that then gets alternated okay. between, um, and so when we get into that mode of cult coaching all of the time, um, I think you lose something, you, you lose a bit of empathy, right? If it's like 24 seven coaching, um, 
and uh and so you know for empathy for the current situation and then also uh maybe buy-in from by the from the people being coached so it makes a lot of sense yeah and i think i was for a while and part of my journey my career was um slightly less or less technical for a while and more like kind of as you described like the scrum master kind of from the outside so to speak even though they're like part of the team they're not like doing the work (laughs) like other people on the team right and so i i feel like um it's it's like what you experience right where um you're, you're kind of saying things from outside the system so to speak and then just kind of looking at it from the outside but when you're in there with it i feel like uh mobbing it you know at least healthy mobbing it's completely natural for vulnerability to happen for someone to be coaching you and for you to be coaching them and it's this back and forth that naturally takes place that kind of balances everybody and it almost like restores equilibrium where sometimes it it felt while it is quite awkward when you know the first moments of joining it but once you break through that I feel like it breaks down a lot of the awkwardness that can exist in the team if the only if their only interactions are stand-ups or you know planning meetings or, or, or things like that is it's or, it's it's yeah. different when like i'm working with someone who i have a long history of coaching them and them coaching me and there's been this kind of like equal back and forth versus where it's more one-sided uh that i feel like trust is harder um it's, it's not possible but i feel like it's just harder <laughs> and yeah. I, i've lived i've lived that transition i believe yeah yeah and back to that germany group this is still the North Carolina team. As we're sitting in a group coding together, I took that to the, um, they don't call it demo. What do they call it? The uh, perspective. Um, oh, review. Which, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I'll take a scrum guide for 300, please. <laughs> but, you know, they expected the scrum master to report on the team's progress. That's mm-hmm. a big, no, we share leadership. Yeah, I mean the the thirty year old guy learned something from the two week guy, and the two week guy the other way around. That happens in front of the VP every two weeks when they stand up, and so they would have the practice of doing what the scrum master should do. And I even hated that. (laughs) It's the old animal farm of all animals are created, but some animals are more, or all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. It's like all team members are equal but two specific team members are more equal than others. And so I didn't even like being called a scrum master. I was a team member. And sometimes I'd lead. Sometimes the junior guy would lead. Sometimes there'd be a vacuum and we'd figure it out. But like, if you say that there's a special role, then it becomes that. Or it could be the the dynamic stuff that you're you're talking about there. Austin, like let it move around. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Hey, I noticed uh, you've been involved in some, uh, re- you know, remote groups, uh, mob groups and stuff. Do you mind naming them and talking about it a little bit? It's always fun to see what's going on out there. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Sunday, Thursday, Friday, my, my weekly schedule. Nice. Um, Sunday, I get together with, uh, let me get this right, acceptance testing. No, I'm sorry, approval testing. I always get this wrong. They, they switch my approval testing.python. And there's this concept of approval testing of, if it generates the same thing, then you approve that as a test um, made popular by a lot of people. But uh, Emily Bates and Llewellyn were big on it. And so Llewellyn's doing a um, approval testing.python every Sunday for three hours. Anybody's welcome. 
on Thursdays, uh, Gregor um, in Austria, I found out about this through the grapevine. Um, let me put this together. It's the mob programming RPG mob. So Willem Larson created this RPG game to learn how to do mob programming. And we've got a mob that's creating an online game for that. So it's this very fractal kind of thing. Um, but we're learning a lot of that every Thursday. We get Israel and Austria and Boston and sometimes Africa and Technomad like me calling in on Thursday. Uh, on Friday, I, I found a guy. Well, let me talk about Bob Allen. Bob Allen does these things once a month, every Saturday and Sunday. Just drop in and, and do some mobbing. And then once a year, I'll put these in the show notes. Once a year, he does this thing where he says, let's have mobs all the way around the world for two days. And that's coming up the beginning of November. Like this group will take it, then that group will take it, then that group will take it, and you'll sleep. And when you come back in the morning, you can see what happened. So I've been doing those every uh, month or so. And then once a year when he does that. But I found out that that was kind of a repeat for, for newbies a lot. And I wanted to get beyond that. So I, I grabbed a guy and said, hey, let's mob together. And we do that every Friday. We set our own learning goals and it's just two of us. It's not for public consumption. Um, those are the three that I do every week. Uh, there's a lot more around the world and I'll just put in a plug here for uh, Gregor actually created a GitHub repo that has a list of all the mobbing opportunities in the world. And so if you're in a time zone, you can probably show up at, at one of them. Um, but definitely, this is like riding a bicycle. You learn it by doing it. You don't learn it by reading a book. You can learn it by watching this podcast. You learn it by doing it. So there's great opportunities for that. I'll put that in the letter's notes. Nice. Yes, experiential, do it. best teacher. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, that's that's cool because you've been uh you kind of hit on many of the ones I've heard of and stuff. So it's it's fun to it's I didn't know there was one person going to all of those. So that's uh you you're quite that you're quite on <laughs> no. the tour there. You're like a you know there's, mobbing rock star about tour. Ten on that list. I only go to three. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. That's great. Cool, cool, cool. Well, yeah, um, so, so kind of maybe in summary here, I, um one of the through lines to these things is that we are, as you know, there's those four points of the Agile Manifesto. Everybody reads them. But above that, it says, we are learning new ways of working and sharing it with others. I think we forget that. And so as I was trying to think, you know, what's the interesting thing as I was putting some notes together for this today, the through line for me is we're learning different ways to do it. Mm -hmm. There's this old fashioned stuff called mobbing and scrum. And then there's new fashion stuff. Old fashion. Jeez. <laughs> the, um, you know, if you're it's, doing it the same way you did it 10 years ago, you're yeah. doing it wrong, right? Yeah. And, and, and it's funny, um, you know, I, I think we have lofty goals and, and part of, you know, part of our lofty goals is uh, um, d continuously developing the software community. And, and like, I think just in general, um, you know, people get into a mode where it's like, oh, I, I have this really cool way of working. We're going to keep it a secret because it'll, it'll mm -hmm. help us, you know, fight the bad guys in the other company or something like that. <laughs> and, um, 
I, I, I think it's interesting because, uh, I mean, generally speaking, the, the, you know, being, being in front of and defining new ideas, I think is the hallmark of, of, uh, you know, performance, not, not, uh, this idea of like creating an idea and hoarding it to yourself, I guess, you know, especially when it like right. processes of work and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, cause you know, it's a give and take to be involved with the community. So. You know, these are the kind of ideas that increase when you give them away instead yeah. of decrease. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I haven't been, uh, this old fashioned thing you've been talking about mobbing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't been involved in it for 10 years, but I have been for five or six and, uh, it is interesting because some things are the same and some things are dramatically different and it, it's been interesting to watch it evolve. And uh, yeah, like you said, let's yeah. keep encouraging the experimentation and uh, yeah, the, that, that almost might be the most key part of the agile manifesto is like that tagline at the beginning. Right. And so that, that that's quite fantastic. We're um, learning and sharing. Oh, yes. by the way, here's the four that we came up with on some ski vacation. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah <laughs> yeah so keep plugging at it you guys everybody out there you know you guys keep doing this podcast yeah. well uh you know th that might be a good time for us to close close it out um michael is are, are there any is there anything that you want to plug or share before we close out the episode yeah i kind of sort of did that let me just check my notes here um yeah there's a i just say I'll, I'll put the list in the the liner notes um go out there and experience it um yeah. i actually had a guy i think he was from africa it's the first time ever he says what can i read about this so i can show up prepared the next time it's like no you don't read about this to show up prepared you just show up <laughs> yeah and so i'd encourage right. people show up um get vulnerable feel that fear yeah. All right. Well, uh, to, to all of our audience out there, if you know somebody who uh, maybe hasn't tried mobbing before or is afraid to, uh, either because they have too little experience or too much experience, uh, this might be a great <laughs> episode to share with them. And uh, like and subscribe. And again, Michael, thank you for being on the show. And to our audience, have a great day and mob on. Thank you. Bye, everybody. See you.